0: it's time for class
1: civics just doesn't begin and end on election day
0: this is sunday civics the home for the civically engaged with political strategist l joy williams a serious xm's urban view
1: good morning good morning and welcome to sunday civics i am your host your civics teacher and neighborhood political strategist l joy williams I'm so glad that you made it to class this morning. This, you know, hopefully will be a very engaging conversation and maybe something that you can bring to your city. Because we're talking about how we document and make sure that there is public access to What is happening in your city, in your state? All of those meetings that we've talked about before here on Sunday Civics that happen without you, but they include your tax dollars. They include what is happening around you in the city. Those city meetings, maybe it's a utility meeting, maybe it's a meeting of the community board, maybe it's a meeting of the transportation alternatives that decide whether or not you can have a curb cut or There will be bike lanes. And for those of you in New York City, there are lots of those meetings, (laughs) lots of those community boards and things. Actually, it was a community meeting and me being at the community meeting and understanding that people didn't know how a particular process worked. That was the... Like the, the the match of what started Sunday Civics, I was in a meeting and people were trying to figure out how to get reduced uh, uh, street sweeping on their block. And I knew the information, but they didn't. And I was able to provide that information and the community was able to gather and come together and respond to it. And that was the start of like, oh, there's all of this information about government, about civics and, you know, that people have these various vehicles that they can have a say, that they can listen, that they can participate in, who, in what governs them and that people don't know. And that's sort of the beginning of how Sunday Civics came to be, is that I wanted people to not only have the information on where they needed to go or how they needed to participate in their own governance, but that they should be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. You know that, okay, all right, we're done with Hamilton apparently. So (laughs) I saw across the news, reading across the news, that in Philly, this new project was starting with this organization called Resolve Philly. And a documenters program. It's an initiative spearheaded by City Bureau. And the documenters network is this national movement aimed at fostering grassroots participatory media. And so they have over 1,800 individuals across seven cities that they train and pay (laughs) to attend annotate and report on local government meetings turning them into a powerful information resource for their communities so the initiative is not only like i said training them and paying them to document these meetings but they also provide platforms for civic engagement encouraging and more active citizenry. So I have guests from Resolve Philly that are gonna share more on how the program is reshaping civic media, making local governance more transparent and accessible to the public. We have first, he say they call him Kane. That's what he say, they call him. <laughs> Derek Kane, who's a Philadelphia native and is passionate about shifting the news program uh, paradigm and connecting with people to ensure accurate and authentic storytelling. Um, he's been a Think Media Justice fellow, creating and telling stories about citizens that are returning to their communities in terms of the reentry programs. He has several years of experience in criminal justice reform. He's a public and motivational speaker. And they say he said they call him Kane, Derek Kane, welcome to the front of the class, and also she has the most comic book journalist name that I am is just perfect. Julie Christie, you know, you do, now we gotta get you animated, Julie. She's <laughs> a data journalist and editor and she currently coordinates the shared data resources for the 20 plus newsroom collaborative. Julie and Derek, welcome to the front of the Sunday civics class.
0: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you so much for having us. No problem. So Julie Christie, so I'm going to say your whole name because again, it <laughs> just sounds like it should be said that way. Can you share with us? Cause you're at the front of the class for the first time. Share with us the story of your first civic action. Yeah, I was
2: thinking about this and I think there's a lot of shared experiences of, you know, being a little kid and going to the polls with your parents at the time I was entirely focused on getting the stickers. So civics was not on my mind then. But when I turned 18, my parents would not let me go out with my friends, do anything until I registered to vote. They were like, you are an adult now, you can register, you have to do this before you do anything else that you might be able to get to do once you've turned 18. Um, And that included like going to college or anything like that. So I just, I remember going to the town hall and my best friend's mom was working as the clerk. And so I talked to her and I told her I was registering to vote. And it was very, very exciting to be able to like put my name down and know that I was part of this like very big thing that a lot of people get to participate in. And also not everybody gets to participate in.
1: The so wonderful that I have a girlfriend who talks about when she registered to vote and her, you know, mother and grandmother sort of took her and she wore her pearls and, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole experience. Mm-hmm. Derek, what about you?
0: Alright, so we're going to go back. I'm going to tell a little quick story. I know we don't have that much time, but I'm going to be as fast as I can. So back in, I want to say 2011, I was in only my second year incarcerated. I was doing a attend a life in the federal prison and it was a law getting ready to change and it would benefit a lot of the the, the guys there at the prison I was at. And I was the printer. I was the prison printer. I would print all the commissary books, all the A&O books for the, for the compound and other compounds as well. And I wanted to do something where we can, and they always ask you to mail in, you know, to, to support this bill, mail in your support. But I wanted to do it where I wasn't asking everybody to do it, where I would actually print out, basically a bullet point like sentence or two about supporting this bill but all of us mail it in but i had to find out first if it was one able i was able to do it because you can go to the hole because certain things you can and can't do on prison uh, grounds obviously so i had to talk to the powers that be to make sure it was cool that i could print all these out and i mind you it was like 800 prisoners at the time and so i made sure that was cool when they said the way i say it is it, it wouldn't be like an insider ride or anything like that. So I got the permission from the powers that be and I printed out these water point letters and gave it to every one of all the different units on, on the compound and gave them to everybody. And Everybody mailed in with their support for this bill. So that was my first. Interview.
1: Oh man, <clears throat> I love that story. One, that you were an actual printer, right? And so sort the of new, the resources that you had and how you can make it easier for people to participate for them to join in this action. And two, right, of like checking to make sure like, okay, is everything right? And just thinking about the people as laws have um, are changing, ever changing, particularly in the South and the Midwest about voter registration or things of that nature where people have to make sure that they are following existing laws and you know in your zeal of getting people engaged and making sure that you're not inadvertently getting yourself or other people in trouble but to do that And it just makes me think, you know, I'm putting together for next year, like how to be civic engaged other than voting, particularly for those who may be incarcerated or still on probation and things of that nature. And that story alone is something to include in there, right? That you can still be engaged. You can still have a say in this process. So I absolutely love that story. Thank you so very much for sharing that to both of you. And, you know, I want to talk about the documenters program obviously why i brought you here and you know first starting there are 50 million meetings <laughs> that happen the a city, you know, just talking about a city level, a municipal level, right? Like there's meetings all day. Like everybody's going, you work for government, you're going from meeting to meeting. And I remember working in city government and being like, can we, can we have time to actually get work done to like, to actually respond to people? And so, you know, asking the everyday person, right, that wants to be engaged, that wants to um keep up with what's happening, have a say. It's daunting, right? Because you could be at you can literally be at a meeting every night. It's like being you know, being in church. It's just like I'm I'm at revival. I'm at the church house every <laughs> like every day. So Julie put in context for us, you know, what the impetus was for the documenters program and particularly it coming to Philly. Yeah.
2: So when we first started thinking about how we wanted to put together, like, accountability reporting for our local government, one of the big discussions that we had centered around how can we do it differently, and that was something that, you know, Derek and the rest of our community engagement team was really focused on bringing up, and... I also really wanted to make sure, not just me, but like we as an organization wanted to do something that involved people, and also didn't step on the toes of our reporting partners. You know, we there's more than 30 news outlets in Philadelphia, which is an enormous number of local news, you know, in a county. There are counties in the U.S. that don't even have a single paper that serves them, and. So we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And somebody on our team was familiar with documenters and mentioned that because we were essentially toying with ideas that were documenters. What if we send people and pay them to tell us about their experiences with city government, but we can't solicit them to engage with city government in certain ways of like getting permits or something like that and documenting that process. And so our colleague who was familiar, you know, mentioned documentaries. And we were like, oh, somebody's already done this. And it turns out it's a news outlet and organization that we were very familiar with and really collegial with and collaborate a lot with around just how we want to approach the work that we do. And so we realized that this was a space that we could fill in and focus our energy that wouldn't create a surplus of information that people already have access to and instead does focus on what people don't have access to in their daily lives.
0: Yeah, Derek? Yeah, I mean, this is something that's kind of like, I felt like it was inevitable to happen for us because this is something that's been talked about for many, many years, especially in the black and brown communities about this gap. Of folks not being able to uh, access the information to be able to go because you know how how often and maybe it's I believe it's intentional at times where they set these meetings up during the day where folks are working stuff like that and if it's an important meeting like a zoning uh, meeting or zoning confirmation something like that folks aren't, aren't available to get there so this is something that we've been hearing about for a long 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 time so when documents came about it was something that kind of fit us like a glove it was perfect for us so yeah the, the community so far is welcomed us with open arms and, and it's, it's been a great program so far.
1: Talk a bit about that, and Derek, if you can continue on how the community is responsive to this.
0: Well, first, just, you know, we we always, we, we we're big on the, the feedback loop of information. And since we've been having these conversations and since we've been hearing these themes throughout the years with, with community members, it was bringing, bringing documents to the community was first. We had to educate them on what documents was. And how they could be a part of it in a way where it wouldn't be such a wouldn't be a burden on their lives one and two they'll be compensated for it so that conversation had to happen first before we really got into anything else which they definitely had a lot of questions they they want to know what's going on and once we had that conversation then it was like wow they really enjoyed and really wanted to be a part of it because again that gap that's been widening for so many years so i think once they understood the program how it worked how it worked and how they can implement it in their lives they were all open. They were, they were like, yeah, let's do it.
1: So for for either of you, how are the documentaries actually trained and, and what support do they receive during the process?
2: Yeah, so we host a training about once a month and it lasts two hours long. And the first half of the training focuses on just how do you navigate the website? You know, how do you find out where an assignment is? How do you apply for it? How do you hand something in? How do we communicate with you? We go over the payment structure and process. And then the second half of the meeting focuses on, okay, this is how we would like you to take notes. You know, these are the standards that we want people to adhere to. This, this is, you know, how to put in your thoughts. We have a section in the notes where people can put down what they noticed, what they thought was really important, questions they have, because it doesn't make sense for us to send people to meetings and ask them to like turn off who they are or their experiences while taking these notes. And instead, you know, we create a space for that because we think that that's actually really, really valuable. And we also go over, you know, what to expect from a public meeting. If anybody ever goes like cold turkey, no context into a public meeting, it it can be a scary experience almost. It can be really, really overwhelming. And so we go over you know, what to expect, what the different sections are, as well as you know, the rules that agencies are supposed to be following, the rules that agencies actually follow, and also what rights you have as a citizen at a public meeting or like just from public meetings. You have a right to access lots of information. And so we go over all of that so that people can feel like really confident and comfortable going to these meetings and taking notes. For support on this, you know, it's we go through and we our team does the editing and we fact check these notes. We do our best to make sure that two people go to every meeting, one person to take notes and then one person to record audio of what happened. And that makes it really easy for us to double check of like, wow, that's a really big number. Let's just triple check. Was it million or billion? Because they sound very similar or something like that. And so we go through and we share feedback with them of, you know, like, hey, this was amazing. I love how you organized this or like focused on that. We'll also share feedback on, you know, maybe next time you're at a meeting, it's really great to keep track of who is saying things. So it's weird. We don't expect perfect notes from the beginning. That's like too much to expect from people and the whole point is for folks to participate in this program and learn and build those skills and get to focus on something that they really want to build up for themselves and you know we're here to enable that rather than um us just trying to get you know like quick labor from people it's like that's not the point the point is for us to build relationships with people and Really incentivize people to get much more involved in their local governments in ways that they get excited about and can like add skills that they want to be building.
1: Stay tuned, we'll be right back with more on Sunday Civics.
0: You think that you must do to start in this world? Like when the tea schoolboy, and school girl come together. Who is the t-shirt I will let you know.
1: Who is the So teacher? we're talking to Derek Kane and Julie Christie um about the documentist programs, particularly in Philly. You know, this is like bearing witness, right? A lot of decisions happened. Happen under the cover of night, you know, Happen in these meetings where very few people attend and then something happens. And then down the road, you know, there's another investigative story. And it turns out that this decision was made by like six people in a random room where only five people attended the meeting, right? Like there are lots of different stories like that. And so having people bear witness of what is going on and actually communicating that I think is important, right? So that I can't go to the meeting, but maybe I can go uh, to the website to documenters, you know, dot org in my city and see. Okay, these are the meetings that are happening now. Derek, I took a, you know, just a just a quick look, right? That if somebody who would go to the website and look and, you know, try to see what meetings are covered. And, you know, you see like in Philly, oh, you know, people advocated for a new subway in North Philly or they did this. And then you see some things that are just like, yeah, this this, this meeting did ha- didn't air, you know, or we didn't know about this meeting. It wasn't, the information wasn't shared and things like that. And that's just as important, I would say, as having the details of what did happen in the meeting.
0: Definitely important. And I think that's what that's and I think that's the beauty of, of the documents program because not only are you just doing the documenting, it's also like you said, it's the stuff that's going on that you don't know about or that's that's not happening. And also to be able to take that that information, that 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 community member and go back to your community and have it at your at your on your know, you might just have a conversation on your block a block party, it might be at the recorder like, hey, this is what's going on, this is what I, you know really really It's you put a price tag on to be able to have that information, bring it back to your community, to tell them what's going on and what's not going on, what's being said and what's not being said, especially if you're being told it's being said. So that's the also a value add when we're talking about the documents program, especially in the city of Philadelphia.
1: Now, are participants just witnesses, or are they participating as well? Right? Can they, or are they encouraged to? You know, I'm at a meeting. I hear something. I can ask questions, I can, you know, give testimony, you know, what is, what guidance are they given about participating as they go to these meetings?
2: Yeah, this is something that we spend time talking about during the trainings because it's, uh, it's a very, it's not a fine line, that's like not quite the right phrase for it, but it is a that pops up where people are going to these meetings, they want to participate. And also for the use of these notes, we do need to make sure that we fit into what we consider like journalistic standards. And so the way that we talk about this in our trainings and want to set this up for people is, you know, if you're at an assignment changing the substance of the meeting, of what's being talked about or like what would get documented at this meeting would cross that line of journalistic standards. Doing something that lots of journalists do at public meetings, like asking a clarifying question or saying, what do you mean by this? And getting more information is different and it's not something that is super easy to explain because journalists have lots of time and training to, you know, kind of like toe that line and also I don't know there's there's a lot about, you know, the journalistic complex as well that goes into this. But we want people to know that, you know, giving testimony during a meeting, if you see a meeting, you want to give testimony go to that meeting and give testimony, and then we'll make sure somebody is there to capture that testimony. And so we're not asking people to never give testimony. It's the one time they're on assignment and at an assignment that we just ask, don't change the substance of the meeting itself so that people can understand the way that a documenter has participated or not participated in a meeting. If somebody does give testimony or share clarifying questions, we mark that in the notes. You know, it's not like an immediate "oh no, you're never allowed to work with us again" situation. Um, and it's much more of like a back and forth conversation of figuring out. You know, like were you trying to get more information? Were you trying to share how you feel about what's going on? Because those are Different things that are going to change how somebody may take in those notes and decide whether or not they truly trust the information that's in there. So we have to think as well about you know whoever is reading these notes, they don't personally know the documenter. How do we make sure that they can feel confident in the accuracy of the information that they're getting? Mm. Um, so it's it's an ongoing conversation for sure because there is you know a lot to be said for. Um, kind of like what I mentioned earlier is like, you can't turn yourself off as a person when you're out in the world. And that's not what we're trying to ask people to do. And also we have to, you know, follow standards in order to make sure that our newsroom partners in the collaborative feel confident referencing these notes and using them or following up on them.
1: Mm-hmm. Derek, this seems like, you know, uh, just listening to that, I could imagine, you know, in reading a lot about, Um, This going into this, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, training and hiring people, you know, so for instance, a public housing, right, who to go to meetings and hearings about public housing. Well, if you're a public housing resident and you're attending meetings and doing this, I can see how you know, you would want to speak up. You would want to say something, right? If there are people, you know, leading a discussion or in a public meeting talking about, we've done all the repairs in this building and we're moving on, if you live in public housing, you might be like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Like, can you explain, right? And I can see how people may, particularly in general, like not trained journalists, not, you know, not even attempting to be in a media space, You know, just want to be engaged because they want to know about these meetings of what is happening in their community and also want to speak up and give voice because they may be the only one in the meeting at that time. Who is impacted by what is being discussed, right? And so, to Julie's point of, you can't shut that off. So how are people receptive to that idea that you're here to bear witness and for the larger community to know this and you know, an effort versus, you know, no, I experienced this, and these people don't, and they're talking about something that, you know, impacts my life, impacts where I live, impacts our community. And I need to speak up while I'm here.
0: The beauty about the training that Julie, Julie, and Lily does is, they they have ways where, like to Julie's point earlier, like you you, you can't really shut that off, but there's a comment section and there's a there's a place where you can kind of jot down some thoughts at the moment, so that way you're not just you know you're not reacting to what's being said at the moment. And add that in the comment section. And then after you're done doing your documenting, then you can approach the person or, or the people to say, "Hey, you know, I have some qu- some questions that I would like to if you can answer off, you know." And they can they have that interaction after they're done doing the documenting because if it's done during the documenting, you're not going to capture the, the accurate notes, or you know, maybe because you're you know you're kind of going back and forth. So we, during that training, it's it's taught it's it's helpful for, for the the, the document to understand that first going in that you may have some personal feelings, but if you can have some notes jotted down in the comment section or is is it comment section right it is comment section right the comment section and then have that conversation after the fact but the beauty of that is now before you didn't even know that was going on so i think for the, the documenter now to be able to hear that and then to be able to respond even if you can't respond at the moment you respond after you're able to address it and then you're able to take that back to the community to even more action because now you can bring all the community members and say hey this is what's going on this is what they said i approached them after the fact they still didn't answer the question now we need to get together to figure out how we're going to address this so i still think regardless even if you're not you're not totally shutting down who you are you just at the moment when the interaction or the conversation is happening you're just not responding right then. The you're waiting jotting that down and then approaching them later. I think that still adds value as well.
1: Julie, can you talk about the relationship between the Documenters Network and the local media outlets? You started out by saying, you know, obviously you didn't want to be duplicative of the work that's happening. And I can imagine a place like New York City too, right? Where, you know, you have a ton of media, particularly covering local meetings and things of that nature in places like LA, you know, again, it has, you know, much more in-depth coverage of what's going on. What is the relationship between other local media outlets and the Documenters Network? And what, I guess, what complements it, but also what could challenge what is happening? Yeah. So in
2: Philly, you know, we have resolve Philly as, you know, we're a newsroom we have reporters and editors and all of that stuff and also we don't publish at the same cadence or intensity that a lot of the other news outlets in the city do. Um, and so you know our the way that we've started because we want to ease our partner our partner newsrooms into this is you know every time we publish notes we have a slack group that everybody is in and we send a message to all of them saying, hey, these notes are public, they're live. And when we send them, we pull out highlights, you know, things that our documenters identified as the most important things that happened at that meeting. So it's word for word exactly what whoever that person at that meeting decided was the most important thing that happened there. And then If there's like another thing that I notice, or if I want to tag a partner and say, hey, you've covered this topic before and it just came up, that is something that I'll add to the message and such so that our partner newsrooms can see what's happening at these meetings and get it a little bit more tailored toward their interests and kind of like their coverage. We also have a lot of some back and forth with partner newsrooms where they reach out to us us and ask, like, hey, are you sending somebody to this meeting and we check in with the other partner newsrooms and we kind of facilitate and we say, hey, we're not sending a documentary in because like three other newsrooms are going to be there like we we don't need to add a fourth space for this. So instead, how about you all work together and you know share this information, share each other's reporting. And instead, we're going to send our documenter to this meeting that none of you are going to be able to go to or something like that. So it's, you know, being in communication with all of these partner newsrooms to figure out, you know, what are the topics being addressed during these meetings? And is anybody going there already? If there's like one partner going, it's sometimes really great to send a documenter there because we can kind of compare, like, this is what this news outlet focused on and then this is what a philadelphian focused on and see the difference in like priority of topics or what stuck out to them and in other cities that have documenters across the country a lot of them are Newsrooms that have this program. So, for example, out in Detroit, Outlier Media works. They have a whole newsroom, and their reporters work with Documenter. They've like done co-reporting, same as I think in Chicago, out in Dallas. That's another collaborative that is hosting Documenter. So each city kind of has its own little flavor of how they work with the. Documenters program and the local media in the area, because then there's some er- some cities that have it, and it's like Documenters kind of is the local media now. There are no newsrooms, or there's like maybe one other newsroom, so it's just you know this one big group now.
1: And that's particularly interesting considering, from a local news perspective, you have all of these larger media entities buying up local newspapers local networks and so the local beat if you will is getting you know slowly eroding right because it's like now just focus on national politics or just focus on sports or just you know just focus on these things and not on local governance and so that's interesting to have this program being expanded in you know possibly can be done with collaborations with different organizations and media outlets to allow for that coverage of what's happening locally as the gobbling up of news is happening across the country. I'm I'm interested also Derek how are uh, electeds and elected officials and government officials and, you know, these people appointed to these boards, and they how, how receptive are they to this program of seeing more people in the space where they're discussing and making decisions?
0: Well, from the ones that, there's only a few that actually even commented on, but they, they seem excited about it. They feel, for especially in their district, they feel like there's something that's sort of a, value, a value add. So we haven't had any pushback so far on any of that from any elected officials.
1: And no, none of the uh, people appointed to boards or things like that. There hasn't been any pushback or anything.
0: Nothing at this, at this moment. Nothing.
1: Oh, well, that's good. That, that's definitely.
0: Good. I, you hear what I said? I mean, at the moment.
1: At the moment, right? Until we get. <laughs> yeah, to, we can't to say point, it's gonna ha- right?
0: it ain't gonna happen. But right now, we're good. Right now, we're good.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's an adventure of education for a lot of them of like not necessarily realizing like oh this was a public meeting and we have to follow these rules. Got it. So we're seeing still a lot of change, you know, agencies are doing a better job announcing the meetings, actually sharing an agenda and communicating with the public or, you know, being like, listen, like your exclusive newsletter list of emails that you've personally collected does not count as a public announcement of a meeting, you have to make it available to somebody you've never spoken to before, technically. And we've also gotten feedback from people working in government, you know, I mean we've had interesting conversations where people really or agencies really like don't think they have to do this. And so we're figuring out how to be nice about telling them like it is the law. You know, you do have to follow the law. Oh, <laughs> crazy. And so It's a, it's, it's really out there, but, (laughs) and also, you know, keeping in mind, like not everybody has the capacity to do that. It's a lot of work. And so thinking about like, how can we as a program even facilitate some of these agencies doing it? And also like hearing and having conversations with, you know, leaders of some agencies saying like, I love this, you know, it's like, I like being held accountable, which sent shivers down my spine when I heard a, a high up city person being like, please hold me accountable. And I was like, where is everybody else like you? And being able to have those conversations and, you know, it like mutually decide, like, this is better for our community to have more transparency and being able to push for that in a way that isn't immediately combative, which I think can happen between you know journalism and local government when you throw the word accountability in there um, but yeah so it's it's been a lot of fun it's been very fun kind of like getting the initial response starting a dialogue and like seeing where it actually gets
1: to go stay tuned we'll be right back with more on Sunday civics how can it be? are talking to members of Resolve Philly and their Documenters Program, which is an initiative spearheaded by City Bureau. And it's a network, a national movement. So you can look this up and you can see maybe they have a program in the city that you are. Julie Christie, who's a data journalist and editor and also a journalist in a... Uh, comic book near you um, <laughs> is talking about the different cities, Chicago, Dallas, um, uh, Philly, obviously, where uh the program is so you should check out the website documenters.org and see what other cities um, and maybe you can get involved or you can look at possibly bringing the program to your city if there is capacity derek kane is a philly native and he is a part of the program as well telling these important stories documenting what is happening in local governance and making sure that you know, folks are following the law. Crazy, crazy idea there. <laughs> so I'm going to ask both of you, Have there, has the program so far faced any challenges? What are some of the, the, the tweaks and things that you've had to do and how have you addressed them so far?
0: I'll start. I think a, a, a tweak or, or, or a suggestion, especially for, for new documentary cities that are coming on board, something that we, we learned or something that we do is we make sure that well, we try to make sure that the documents reflect the city itself, making sure that folks are participating that are directly impacted by a lot of this stuff. So for us, it's really going around to the different neighborhoods and, and promoting this, this document program and understand, and again, educating them on the program so that way they could be a part of it. I think some, if you just do like a, a wide net, as far as trying to get folks to, to join, oftentimes it's not going to reflect really what that community looks like. So it's actually being intentional about, who you're going out to work with and want to be a part of the program. I think that would be my biggest lesson with this is also an, a suggestion for other cities that are doing it. Making sure that you're intentional and in going out to the communities, especially underrepresented communities, to make sure that folks, make sure the documents program reflects the city that it's serving.
1: And how do you measure impact on a program like this, Julie?
2: Yeah, so when i first started at resolve my original title was data and impact editor so i spent a lot of time in the first few years of resolve building out we have an impact tracker it's this whole database of all the impact that we do we talk about it during meetings and i write it down in there and so it's you know i think we're in a a spot where we actually have a literal tool that we can use to write down the impact. You know, somebody shares a comment or gives us, you know, some praise and snap. You know, you know, Sunday Civics reaches out and wants to talk to us about this. And we put that in the impact tracker and we can categorize it and do a whole bunch of stuff, which makes it really helpful for grant reporting. And you know, going back to our funders and showing other ways that we can say like this is working and here are some of the other effects of the work. So it's definitely time consuming, but you know, putting in that work at the beginning to build up that system and that practice of talking about it and thinking about it is so helpful because now it's taking less time because we have all of this built up. So, you know, it's like we keep every email that somebody says where they're like, thank you, this is great. Or we keep every chat that we can when people say like, thank you for this training. I'm so excited because all of that is impact to us as well as like all of the suggestions, you know, like we got feedback that our trainings were not necessarily accessible because we didn't have captioning going. So we did the research and figured out how to set up captioning. And so, you know, it's like we capture both ends because it's important for us to make sure that we track, you know, when people tell us how to improve and, you know, ask better from us that we can show the asks and our responses to it.
1: Mm. And in what ways is the Documenters Network, from your perspective, contribute to the broader movement for community empowerment, social justice, like how is it connected to that? Yeah
2: one of the big things that we talk about when all of the people you know working on documentaries across these like I think it's 15 cities now it's an insane number um, doing this work we talk about how you know we've had converse- conversations with like community activists and um, people doing direct organizing work and how these notes can be useful for them talking about how, you know, some folks have a newsletter that is like specifically for community activists and they send notes that are really relevant to the work that they do directly to them, you know, meeting people where they are. And it's also just one of those things where it's expanding the conversation around civic engagement beyond going out to vote. You know, folks who are not citizens of this country still deserve to have their voices heard and knowing that they can go make public comment, regardless of citizenship status in their local city meetings where decisions are made that so deeply impact their daily lives, getting the word out about that is so important. You know, providing a space for them to build up skills, go to meetings and take notes on that and get paid for it is so important. And being able to see you know, the impact of some notes. There's, I think it was out in Fresno, they discovered that one of their, like, agencies that was supposed to be making decisions was doing a lot of their process illegally and have followed up and shed light on it and are getting to a point where, you know, it's like it's becoming a really big deal and there's, like, potentially lawsuits going on or something like that where it's, you know, the city knows about it and they're demanding better And it's actually like creating that snowball effect and not necessarily just like, hey, look at what's wrong, but it's also pushing for change. And that wouldn't have happened if documenters weren't trying to go to those meetings and writing down what was happening.
1: Derek, what, what in your view, how do you think this contributes to the overall movements of civic engagement and social justice? It's
0: the power of information. I think that's the, the bottom line. It's, it's it's so powerful to have that as an advantage compared to so long where there was a disadvantage that we didn't know. So I think that really is the bottom line, is the power of information.
1: As we wrap up here, what are some of the successes, particularly in Philly, that you have seen thus far with covering all of these meetings and providing the information, as you said, Derek?
0: The success of, for it's me, so yeah, oh, okay. the, uh, yeah, for me, I think, yes, the program and, and what we're doing and, and the holding the government accountable, that's all, that's important. But what I love and what I feel is such is so impactful, and I'm going to give a quick story. When we were at one of our information sound off info, info sessions talking about the documenters program in West Philly, um, a young lady came up to me after the actual meeting, the two-hour meeting from six to eight. And she says to me, she goes, I was going to, I said, I seen the flyer and I was going to come and just come for half an hour to see what is about and then roll out. But I ended up staying the whole time because it was so impactful and, inf- and the information really, I wanted to learn more to me. That's impact to me. That's power to me. It's like you took the time out of your evening, which is all of us are busy evenings, especially coming after work to sit in here for two hours when you wasn't even want to stay only a half an hour. To me, speaks volume to how important this is to the community. So for me, that's that that it brings joy to my heart, and also it it shows the impact of this of this initiative in in our city in this program. Yeah,
1: I think that's important um, because you know quite often people you know, in their little silos will say, oh, people aren't interested in, in this, right? So a, a lot of times from a bureaucratic standpoint and agency standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm just not to explain it away, but some agencies, some bureaucracies just do things because one, that's how they've always done them. And two, because, you know, it's like the chicken and egg thing or whatever. We don't communicate everything that's happening and share everything that's happening and people don't know about it. And so we're just going to continue doing the same business because nobody clearly cares because they're not coming to right like it's like but if we knew the information there are people who care <laughs> there are people who care about the waste in the city there are people who care about you know the policies about transportation and where bike lanes are going to be and things of that nature you'd be surprised how many people care you know about what materials are being used are we changing all of the street lights. solar light so it doesn't pull from you know the grid or or things of that nature and all of this to to say in the message to the larger community is you also have a say right that yes You've elected people that are supposed to think about this on a day-to-day basis. Yes, there are people appointed to the commissions, to the panels, to the thing, whatever, who this is their job to do that, but that you also have a say, you also can be present for the meetings, can bear witness, can give testimony, you know, can rally the community together to say no nope, we we actually don't like that <laughs> you know we actually want this instead and when the information is not shared when it is public it basically creates that barrier and say one we don't want your input and then two that your input you know we we know what's best you know not not the community and so opening this up for information for people to participate. And Derek, your story of someone who's like, I'm just gonna come here see what they talk about. Cause that's what I heard when you said, I'm gonna come here for a few minutes, see what they talk about. And then to stay longer, you know, and be empowered with the information that is you know, impacted and that, oh, I actually do have a say. And it, it leads me to, you know, I tell my members all the time from the NAACP perspective, you know, a lot of people just haven't been asked to right they haven't been asked their opinion they haven't been asked to lead a meeting they haven't been asked to you know explain what they think about trash pickup they haven't been like they haven't been asked right and so then they don't know that they can have a voice in that process so anything else either of you want to share about this program and about your work you know we'd love to hear as we close out
2: i think I'll just share, you know, like there's stuff that folks can do. You can check to see if there's documenters in your community. You can kind of just do documenters on your own if you really want to. Like just go to a public meeting and take notes and share it with your neighbors. And lastly, every state has its own open meetings laws and information access laws that they, that, you know, every city, every state government has to follow. So get to know those rights. Those are so important and such special rights that, you know, it's like, we have a right to the information that impacts our lives. And so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can uh, get involved and like, learn about this and put it to use in a really, really exciting way. And lastly, you should support your local news.
1: Definitely. Well, Derek and Julie Christie. Thank you so much for taking the taking the time this morning to talk with us about a great program. And, you know, hopefully if you're in a city where this is done, maybe you can get involved. And, and if not, like Julie Christie said, you know, you can create your own mini program amongst your community and amongst your neighbors. Thank you so very much to Resolve Philly and the Documenters Program. Thank you so much for providing this information. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much for having us. And thanks to all of you for making it to class this morning. Remember, class is in session every Sunday right here on Sunday Civics. And we'll be back next week with more conversations and more lessons for you to take action and stay civically engaged. Have a great one.